Good morning, Rethink Life. You guys doing good today on this Daylight Savings Time? Hey, give it up for those that are watching us this morning. Go ahead. Come on now. They need all the help they can get. Everybody's still groggy. Well, we are so thankful that you're here, and uh, we really appreciate you coming on this Daylight Savings. I know sometimes losing an hour of sleep is a challenge, but so thankful you made it up and you're here in the house of the Lord and ready to receive what God has in store for you. Uh, we just came off of a great service a few moments ago and looking forward to what God has for us in this moment. We are starting a brand new series called My Why. Everybody has a why. I think the biggest question today is, do you know yours? Big question. I think it's so important that we really understand what our why is. Everyone has one. How many of you, just curious, uh, like putting jigsaw puzzles together? Let me see your hands. You like putting jigsaw puzzles together? Well, how many of you don't like putting jigsaw puzzles together? Let me see your hands. Well, I'm in your camp, okay, because we have something in common. I don't either. Somebody gave me a, uh, uh, this, this puzzle uh, for Christmas, and nothing against them or anything like that. It's a beautiful puzzle. I haven't even opened it yet. But, uh, but it's pretty cool. Has some peppermint. Has some like little candy apples on it. And so looks delicious. Looks fun. Looks great. But 500 pieces? Come on. Give me a break. Ain't nobody got time for that. That's a lot of, that's a lot of pieces right there. But you know when you think about a puzzle... You know what the single most important thing to a puzzle is? It's not the individual pieces of the puzzle. The most important part of a puzzle is the box top. Because if you lose the box top or you accidentally throw the box top away and all you have are the 500 pieces of the puzzle, you're up a creek. Because you're trying to put together a puzzle and you don't even know what it looks like. You don't even know what it is you're trying to do. And you can try and try and try with all your might on trying to cram and put all the different individual pieces of the puzzle together to force them to fit. But over time, you're going to get frustrated. There's nothing that's going to be more excruciatingly painful and frustrating than trying to put pieces of a puzzle together you're trying to complete a picture that you don't even know what the picture looks like. And over time, no matter how hard you try, you're going to eventually just quit. And the reason why is because you're going to have a lot of blank spaces. There's going to be a lot of pieces that are going to be left on the table. And the reason why is because you don't know what it is you're trying to put together. Well, I've just described the way a lot of people live their lives. A lot of people spend their entire life simply trying to put the pieces of their life together, trying to figure it all out, and yet they don't know exactly what it is they're even aiming for. They don't even know what it is they're supposed to do, who they're supposed to be. They don't know specifically what their purpose is. They don't know their why. And until you know your why, you're always going to be seeking aimlessly and hopelessly through life with frustration. Why? Because there's going to be a lot of blank spaces that have yet to be filled and it's all because you don't have a clear picture of who and what God has created you to be and to do. That's why we're spending five weeks together between now and Easter to kind of un unpack, to really discover our why. And the reason why that's so important is simply because 
it puts fuel to your life. It, it, it gives you a sense of motivation. It gives you a sense of destiny and purpose when you know what your why is. But you know, you can't find or discover what your why is until you go to the one who made you. That's why I love what Rick Warren said. He coined the phrase, you know, when it comes to understanding your purpose or your why, you have to understand the fact that you were made by God and you were made for God and life will never make sense until you figure that out. We have to go to the one who created us and made us. And so that's what we're going to be doing throughout this series. We're going to be embarking upon this journey. And we're going to be learning some things specifically that will help fill those empty spaces. That will help kind of find the missing pieces to complete, if you will, the life picture that God has for you and for me. And I think there's two benefits to this. Number one, I think it's going to bring a lot of clarity. It's going to bring a lot of encouragement. And it's going to bring a lot of hope to our lives. Because listen, when you, when you lose your why, you lose your what? Lose your way. And a lot of people are looking for meaning and purpose and direction. And no wonder what so many people are living their life aimlessly and hopelessly. No wonder so many people find life to be discouraging at times. No wonder a lot of people, for whatever reason, just are confused because they don't have clarity. But when you have clarity, again, you wake up with a cause. There's a purpose. You understand there's a greater why that God has put you on this earth to fulfill. And it brings great hope to your life. And another thing that we're going to benefit from this series is just learning our Bible. We're going to learn specifically from some different biblical characters between now and Easter that God is going to use to help, I believe, fill in some blanks, that we're going to learn some, some incredible lessons that through these characters who found and discovered their why that I think we're going to draw from and find great encouragement, even clarity, as it relates to how perhaps their life can be an inspiration to ours to maybe help us have that light bulb experience of knowing and discovering what our why is. Well, the character we're going to start this series with is going to help us really discover what the power of why is all about. His name is Isaiah. How many of you ever heard of the prophet Isaiah? You know, what's awesome about Isaiah is that Isaiah lived 800 years before the birth of Christ. And what's interesting is the Bible says that Isaiah actually saw Jesus. He's one of the few who saw the Lord. In fact, he had this experience where he not only saw the Lord, but he was able to even see the foreshadowing of the crucifixion. In fact, in the book of Isaiah, there's a very vivid picture and description of the crucifixion. And so Isaiah is very unique because he not only saw the Lord, but he was able to speak into the lives of the people that God had called him to speak to. Now what's interesting is that in the Old Testament, prophets had another name. The, really the meaning or definition of prophet is seer. And what's interesting is they had the ability to see things in people that they did not see in themselves. And so God would choose certain prophets and he would say, say this because they can't see this. Because they can't see this, you need to say that. And so he would choose prophets to communicate the message that those people needed to understand because they were living in darkness. They were, they were living blindly to the things that God ultimately wanted them to see. And another thing that's interesting about Isaiah is this. Isaiah, the book itself, is 66 chapters, 
which is also the same as our entire Bible. When you look at Genesis to Revelation, there are 66 books in the entire Bible. So Isaiah, in many ways, is like a miniature Bible that covers so much material. Another little fact here that's interesting about Isaiah is that he lived during a time in history. If you're reading your Old Testament, you have 1 Kings and 2 Kings. Well, Isaiah lived during that 2 Kings time in history. And what's interesting is that there was a king by the name of Uzziah that actually lived and ruled during that time. And what I believe Isaiah wants you and he wants me to understand through today's lesson is this. When it comes to discovering your why, when it comes to filling in that blank, identifying that missing puzzle piece, so to speak, that so many of us are trying to identify and understand and learn as it relates to our lives, I think he would come alongside you and help you to understand that, you know, it doesn't matter whether you've turned to the right, whether you've turned to the left, whether you've made some good choices, or whether you've made some bad choices along the way. I believe Isaiah would want you to understand these words of encouragement. It's found in Isaiah 30, verse 21. And if I could summarize all 66 chapters of the book of Isaiah into a single statement that would really form into a word of encouragement for you and for me today, here's what I believe Isaiah would want us to understand. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. So in essence, what Isaiah is trying to help us understand is that, look, if you're having a hard time trying to understand your purpose, if you're trying to fill in that blank, if you're trying to discover your why, to learn what it is that God placed you on this earth to fulfill, don't be discouraged if you've made some choices that were not right in the past. Listen, don't get discouraged because you've made some mistakes. Hey, you will hear if you allow yourself to hear from the voice of God, God will speak to you and he will show you exactly what it is you need to know. So here's what I want you to know. An encounter with God changes everything. You see, Isaiah had an encounter with God. And just like you and me, when we have a personal encounter with God, let me tell you something, our life changes. Why? I believe one of the most significant changes in our spiritual life is when we stop seeing life through the lens of the temporal and we start seeing life through the lens of the eternal. We begin to see life through God's perspective. And when you start seeing things from God's perspective, it does. It changes everything. It changes the way you see your marriage relationship. It changes the way you see you raise your kids. It changes the way you make decisions and choices. Listen, it changes everything about you. Why? Because now you're walking in a direction that is ultimately satisfying and pleasing to God. Why? Because you're fulfilling your why. You are fulfilling the very destiny that God has placed you on this earth to fulfill. But it begins by having an encounter with God. So here's what I want you to understand. There are three um, benefits. If you're taking notes, I want you to jot the first one down. And that is, when we have a sense of destiny, in other words, when we understand and discover our why, the power of that why can help turn our pain into our greatest gain. God can take your pain and use it for something great and good. As a matter of fact, 
C.S. Lewis once said these words. This is so powerful. God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks in our conscious, conscious, but he shouts in our pain. God just has a way of using pain to get our attention. Have you ever been in a difficult place in your life and you begin to ask yourself the question, why am I having to go through all this? Why me, God? You know, uh, God, I didn't sign up for this. God, what, why are you allowing me to go through these difficulties and these hardships? It's easy sometimes to ask those questions. It's only natural to ask the why question. But sometimes God wants us to turn the why question more into a what question. God, what is it that you want me to know? God, what is it you're trying to teach me? God, what am I supposed to learn through this difficult season or this difficult valley that I'm walking through? And whatever that is, don't be discouraged because, listen, God can still take what may be difficult and may be, may be painful, and God can still use that. There's a purpose for the pain. God never wastes a hurt. He'll use it all for our greater gain because that's just the way God works. It worked that way for Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, he said, In the year that King Uzziah Died. Let me just pause here and say, Uzziah, King Uzziah, was a great king. He started out as a great king. He was a godly king. He, he, he did everything right from the standpoint of getting the people of Israel back on track and, and worshiping the one true God. But over a period of time, King Uzziah made some bad choices and he fell into sin. And therefore, even though he finished strong, he ended wrong. And because of that, the people begin to get in disarray. The people begin to drift. The people begin to wander in spiritual and moral confusion. So Isaiah, the one who is the seer, was seeing the way the people were living. But they couldn't see it. And so here is a very dark time that Isaiah himself is even going through in a very personal way. And he said, in the year that King Uzziah died... I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, like little angels, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And at the sound of their voices, the doorpost and the thresholds shook. In other words, in our lives today, the very thresholds and, and, and the foundation of our lives shake when we have a personal encounter with God. In other words, spiritually, God awakens us. And that's what happened. And the temple was filled with smoke, which is a metaphor of the very presence and the glory of God. So here Isaiah is going through a difficult time. A great king, a godly king, a spiritual leader had fallen. The people had got, gone astray. And here was the prophet Isaiah, whom was chosen and sent by God as the seer to help the people to see what they couldn't see in themselves. And in this moment of darkness, what does he do? He cries out to God. He had a personal encounter with God. And God took that moment of darkness, that moment of pain, and turned it around for his greater gain. And he wants to do the same for your life and for mine. And so with that said, 
it's important that we understand that sometimes God allows us to go through pain for him to show us what it is that we need to see in our own lives. I think it's one of the, uh, another reason why it's so important as a body of believers, as, as a spiritual family, that we surround ourselves with other people. Specifically, I think it's critical that we find ourselves in a small group, a life group. Why? Because a lot of times people who we do life with can speak into our lives and can identify with hurts, who can help encourage us when we go through dark days, when we go through seasons of difficulty. And you know what? It's through the encouragement and the support and the hope, those life-giving relationships that help us get through the journey as opposed to going through it alone. It's so vitally important. Another thing that we learned that I believe when we have that encounter with God, like Isaiah had, was not only does it help us to understand that, that God can turn our pain into our greater gain, but secondly, it helps us to see ourselves even more clearly. You know, I think um, for a lot of us, I know for me, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to admit sometimes you got blind spots, but we all have blind spots. You got blind spots, I got blind spots. In other words, there are things in my life that I don't often see. Michelle can help me see them. She calls me out when I need to be called out because I might say something that I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know I said it a certain way. She said, hey, do you know that, do you realize what you said? I said, no, I didn't. Well, she heard what I said, and she heard the tone in which I said it. And, well, I didn't know, but she calls me out. Why? Because it's a blind spot. We all need people in our lives like that. And again, it's another reason for a small group. But you can be a part of people, be a part of a team of people, a group of people that also who have blind spots. And so we encourage one another in our issues. We all have issues, right? I have issues. You got issues. Some of you are shaking your head like you don't have issues. If you don't have issues, then that is your issue. You got issues. We all got issues. Isaiah had issues. So he's going to God. And here's what he said. In verse 5, in Isaiah 6, he said, Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among the people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. So in essence, when we are able to see things about ourselves that otherwise we would never see, God uses our personal encounter with him so that we can learn some things about ourselves that we would otherwise never learn. In other words, it's kind of like a silversmith who, 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 who is working with silver. And, 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 and it's been said that when a silversmith, a silversmith is, is working and going through the refining process of the silver and the purification of that silver, people will ask, how do you know when the purification process is over? And the silversmith will say, I know that the silver has been purified when I can see my reflection in that silver. And the same is true in our spiritual lives. How do we know that we have been purified? How do we know that, that God is finished working in and through our lives? I'll tell you when. It's when God can look at your life, he can look at mine, and he sees his own reflection in you and me. It's his glory that's being shown through our lives. But sometimes we have to go through the difficulties and the struggles in order to learn some things that otherwise we would have never learned. But it also, and I love this about God, is that through it all, 
He redeems our future. Isaiah, I believe, would want to remind us, listen, that your current situation is not your final destination. It's not. You say, well, I just went through a divorce. That's not your final destination. Well, I just, you know, I just came out of a long, you know, struggle with, with, with addiction and, 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 and I'm still struggling. I'm still wrestling with the temptation, the struggles that, I'm, you know, I'm facing in my life. Hey, that may be your current situation, but that's not your final destination. Well, I just come out of a horrible situation financially and, you know, we're still carrying debt and I just feel like I can't get my head above water and I'm just confused. I'm just carrying the load of so many different responsibilities and I don't know how I'm going to make it through the end of the month. That may be your current situation, but it's not your final destination. You see, fill in your own blank with whatever it is that you're going through. God is going to get you through what you're going through if you will let him. Why? Because he's not finished with you. God wants to restore you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to get you back on track. Why? Because he has a plan. He has a purpose. He put you on this planet to fulfill a why, which is a greater cause, a greater purpose for you to fulfill. He wants to get you back to the place that he originally intended for you to be. And so with that said, Isaiah chapter 6, verses 6 through 8 says it this way. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which, is, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. The Old Testament, the altar was a place where sacrifices were made. In the New Testament, the altar was the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when you think about what Isaiah was talking about with it, he touched my mouth. He said, see this. See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. In other words, it was paid for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and whom will go for us? And I said to the Lord, Here I am. Send me. So here is Isaiah who's going through a difficulty in his life. God chose him. God called him out and said, I want you to go tell the people to see what they can't see. He's going through a difficult season, and yet God turns his pain into a greater gain. He begins to learn some things about himself, and through that process of purification, God says, I'm not finished with you. Your current situation is not your final destination, and what does he do? He restores him. He forgives him, and as a result, he puts a greater calling on his life to continue to do what God had called him to do, and as a result, he says, God, I'm available. Choose me. Send me. And as a result, God sent him. God can do the same for you. God can take your brokenness and go help other broken marriages. God can take your brokenness and go help other broken lives. God can take whatever situation, circumstances you've been through. And that might be the very why that God has called you to fulfill. And so when you think about that, listen, God never wastes a hurt. There's always purpose, even in the midst of pain. And sometimes we may not know why, but later our why is revealed when God chooses to use us in ways unlike we could have never imagined. But it comes when we're willing to surrender and have a personal encounter with him because our why is found in him. Our purpose is found in a personal relationship with God. You guys with me? So there are three things I think Isaiah would leave us with. When it comes to 
I believe just personal words of encouragement. Things that he encountered and things that I believe we can all learn from and benefit from. The first is this. God wants to reveal more of himself to us. God wants to reveal more. Listen, there is more than you know when it comes to who God is and what he wants to accomplish in and through your life. Did you hear that? God wants to reveal more of himself to you. There are a lot of things that you have yet to fully understand in your relationship with God. He wants to reveal more of who he is. More of his plans, more of his purposes to you on a personal level. You say, how do I do that? <laughs> Isaiah said it best in Isaiah 55 verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Hey, the secret to finding God and to know more about God is to simply, here's the key, to go all in with God. You got to go all in. You, listen, you get out of your relationship what you put into your relationship with God. You're as close to God as you choose to be. And so when you think about what it is that God wants to reveal to us, we learn more of who God is when we pursue him and we seek him with all of our hearts. How many of you, two kinds of people get in a swim pool. How many of you are the kind who kind of slowly get into a swim pool? You kind of start out putting your big toe in the water, kind of see how cold it is, and it's kind of like, man, it's cold. And then you kind of, Ease your way down the first step, and then you get down to the second step, kind of get your kneecap, starts getting your attention, you know. And then once it hits your thighs and your waist, oh, yeah. And then you're kind of easing your way in there until you finally kind of get adjusted to it. And then some wise guy like me, the other kind of person that gets in the pool, they just go for it. Do the cannonball, splash everybody. They're all in. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's the way God wants us to go all in with him. He wants us to give him everything that we have. And when we give everything we have and don't hold anything back, God reveals more of who he is to our very lives. He wants everything, your tax, title, license, all in. All in. And I think for some of us, we've yet to get there. We're still holding some things back. We're kind of apprehensive. We're a little tentative Honestly, for some of us, we're just way too conservative when it comes to even how we express our relationship with God. Some of us are like, man, we're like, you know, secret agents for Jesus. You know, we don't want anybody to know. We're kind of just walk around like, you know, well, I don't want to be overboard. I don't want anybody to find out. I don't want to offend anybody. I mean, for real. That's why God put us here. It's part of our Why? Man, we need, to, we need to let people know. Hey, when we come into the house of God, man, we ought to come in with a sense of expectation and excitement. This is the pep rally. Hey, this is the opportunity for us to get our tanks filled, to get 
inspired to go back and to keep fighting the good fight of faith, to keep living the life that God has called us to live. This is not all there is. This is just the beginning of what God wants to continue to do in us and through us. So listen, when you come in here, don't just stand here, you know, with your hands fold. Don't give a little golf clap, you know, with proper etiquette, you know, with the, with the music. No, 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 no. Don't just kind of tap, you know, with one foot. No, get your hands up. Get your hands up. Man, let's, let's, let's worship the Lord. Let God inhabits the praises of his people. Amen. Man, this is, this is Resurrection Sunday. Easter ain't got nothing on us. Jesus is alive. And so we need to understand that, listen, God wants to reveal more of himself to us. And one of the keys to understanding that is to go all in with him. The second thing is this. God wants to change us. Surprise. God doesn't want you to remain the same. He's not finished with you. Aren't you thankful he's not finished with you? Aren't you thankful that we are a work in progress? And I'm a work in progress. I, I don't have this whole thing figured out. I haven't reached perfection. But here's the thing. God loves you too much for you to remain the same. Man, he wants you to become all that he created you to be. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. There's a hope and there's a future. And the only way we can fulfill that, listen, is to change and to evolve and to grow. If you keep doing the same things you've always done, you'll keep getting the same results you've always gotten. If it ain't broke, break it, change it, just do something different to get you out of your comfort zone, to get you out of that place of indifference and apathy. Why? Because we need to stretch. We need to grow. We need to constantly be pursuing so that we can change and become and ultimately conform more and more into the very image of Jesus. Isaiah chapter 1 verses 18 and 19 says it this way. Isaiah said, come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they are as, I love this, they, they can be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. And if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. Hey, aren't you grateful that, listen, God can take our mistakes, our mess-ups, our hurts, our habits, man, all of our issues. He can take our sin. doesn't matter how long ago it was, how bad it was. I'm here to tell you, though your sin, though your past be as scarlet, God can wash it as white as snow. That simply means we can close the door to yesterday once and for all. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if any person be in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Old things are done away with. Behold, all things are become new. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. We have an opportunity to continue to become who it is that God originally intended for us to be. And it starts through forgiveness. And I love that because with that, God wants to continue to change us. And here's the key to change. It is to take the next step. Did you get that? We all have a next step. I got a next step. You got a next step. On this side of heaven, let me tell you something. There will always be, there will always be another next step to take in our spiritual journey with God. We will never arrive at a place of spiritual completion on this side of heaven. 
That's why we got to continue to stretch and grow. Why? Because it's through taking the next step that we evolve. It's the taking, it's the taking of the next step that we continue to trust God. Maybe that next step for some of you is to, is, is to maybe to, to, to connect in a small group. Maybe the next step for some of you who've been in a small group for a while is to lead a small group. For some of you who've been leading a small group, maybe it's time for you to start coaching multiple small group leaders. For some of you who've been serving for a while, maybe it's time for you to start leading a team of other people. For some of you, maybe your next step is to trust God in the area of giving. For some of you, maybe it's time to start stepping out in faith and do the very thing that you know that God is calling you to do. And you've been putting it off. Whatever it might be, there's always a next step. And I want to encourage you between now and Easter to take a step and to join a team. And the reason being is because we're going to have a lot of people will be coming through our doors. Most of whom perhaps for the very first time. Some who perhaps normally would not ever go to church, but they'll go to church on Easter and maybe there's someone's son or daughter or maybe it's a spouse or a brother or sister or somebody who's coming, co-worker, somebody who's coming to Easter and they're coming to Easter because somebody invites them and that's the reason why we're doing an 8.30 service and a 9.30 service and a 10.30 service and 11.30 service. We're having an 8.30 here and a 10.30 here. Why? So that we can have an opportunity to touch more people, to impact more lives, to meet needs and so we want to have people in place to be able to do what we as a church have been called to do and that is to embrace people as they come through man we want to show the love of Jesus to these people it's not that we don't want to do that 52 weeks out of the year but this is going to be a high demand Sunday where listen every single person coming through our doors may be bringing brokenness maybe bringing skepticism maybe bringing a past and what we want to do is we want to help them understand that God has a hope and he has a plan and he has a future for their lives and if you can fulfill that need by serving in the children's area, giving coffee or shaking a hand or just being available to be extra hands and the feet, just to be able to say, you know what, we're here to serve you because that's what God has called us to be and to do. So here's what I want to challenge you to do. Take your cell phone out. Get your cell phone out. If you're willing to take that next step, and all you have to do is simply text my Y to the number 97,000. Just text it to 97,000 and put my Y in the space. And that will shoot you a little link. And then what that will do is it will allow you to, to fill out a little form. And that little form will allow you to check an area. Just click on a little area that you have interest in joining a team. What we call our Easter dream team. We'll contact you. And it will be a great way to fulfill that next step. You're stepping out of your comfort zone. You're stepping out in faith and saying, God, use me. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm gonna step out in faith, God, because I know there's a great need and I wanna be there to help fill it. And so with that said, God wants to help change us, but then lastly, God has an assignment for us. God has an assignment for us. In Isaiah in chapter 60, verses one through three, God says, arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. And nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. 
You know what God wants to say and what he's saying through Isaiah to many of us in this room is that God has an assignment for you. And you know how you find your assignment? You find your assignment when you get in alignment with God. So when you find God, you find your assignment because when you get in alignment with who he is, God reveals more of himself to you. And through that, he clarifies your specific assignment. You discover your why because you've tapped in to the one who knows your why. Some of us in this, in this very room today have been going through life trying to put your own pieces of your life's puzzle together and you're frustrated and you're confused and there's blank spaces that have yet to be filled and you're ready to throw in the towel and quit and the reason why is because you don't know what the picture even looks like. And if you wanna find your why, you start by finding and understanding who God is. Listen, you were created by God and for God. And until you understand that, life will never make sense. Let's bow our heads together and pray.